Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Look at the birds of the air. They, never, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Uh, my name is Brittany. I'm the pastor here, and it's good to see all of you non-runners um, on Marathon Sunday. Has anybody run the marathon before? Yeah. Um, you're awesome. Um, let us start with prayer today. Holy and gracious God, for the gift of this day that is new and fresh, for the hearing of your word that reminds us of who you are and whose we are. We give you thanks. Open our ears and minds and hearts to be brave enough to walk into this truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I don't know if any of you know of the author, um, uh, writer Anne Lamott, but she, uh, okay, awesome. She uh, has written many books that are just delicious to read. Um, she writes about being in recovery. She writes about uh, faith. And so if you ever want to read a good book, pick up one of hers. She tells a story in one of her books about uh, waking up from a nap one day, and her young son, Sam, was gazing at her. He took her face into his hands like this and peered at her like an old Jewish relative. And he said, I love that little face. But Anne shared that as she heard these words, she knew that she did not love her little face. Not yet. She had fallen for what the culture said about beauty and youth and 
all of the features and heights and weights and tech hair textures and upper arms that go with that cultural understanding of beauty. She shared that sometimes in certain lights, um, she, could, um, she could maybe see a feature of her beauty because she had funky teeth. I'm not really sure what that means, but that's what she said, funky teeth and wild hair. But she also knew that she had cellulite that would make Jesus weep. And so, like many of us, Anne was on uh, this journey of discovery, discovery to feel and be and know that she was beautiful, to have a sense of peace within herself that would um, overflow into all aspects of her life. Now, others of us, we may not struggle with beauty. We, we don't need to find our worth in beauty. We figured that out. But we struggle or we try to find our worth in, um, you know, wealth or status or clothing, you know, all of those things that we have. I have a friend, Tom. We grew up uh, together. He was in a working class family. His dad worked second shift at a factory, and his mom was a bank teller, and they always had enough, but never much more than enough. Anybody grow up that way? And uh, from a young age, Tom was always striving to express his worth in his clothing and in the cars that he would buy. Uh, he, he worked really hard roofing so that he could have money to show people that he was worth things, if you know what I mean. Um, and so at age 15 or 16, Tom decided he was going to major in business and earn lots of money. And I think our high school class even voted him not most likely to succeed, but most likely to earn a lot of money. Like that was his, you know how you like vote on people in, in class. Tom was searching for his identity and his worth in, in the clothing that he would buy and the cars that he owned. I recently heard a quote from a 20th century Catholic mystic, um, Ellen, Evelyn Underhill. And in it she said, we spend most of our lives conjugating three verbs, to want, to have, and to do, when the fundamental verb of the spiritual life is to be. And as I think about my life and the life of my friends and Anne Lamott, I think, yeah, we want beauty, we want to have certain possessions, we think that if we do certain things, that that is going to make us worthy, right? Those are all material things, but the, but the spiritual quest, the spiritual life is about being, just simply being, which is a lot harder. Jesus' words, though, remind us that our worth simply comes from being, that he loves us just because we are, just because we are, that God cherishes us more than the birds of the air, that God will clothe us better than the lilies of the field. It kind of reminds me, you know, a good scripture, when you're reading it and, and kind of diving in it, it always reminds you of another scripture passage, right? This reminds me, I was reading this and I was thinking, oh, this is like Psalm 139, um, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God, right? So uh, it is so hard to just be and to accept that. We're always trying to do and to want and to have. But the scripture today reminds us that we have worth simply because God created us. Now, 
This passage is difficult to read because for some of us, we actually do earn enough money to buy food and clothing, but we continue to worry and be anxious anyway. Is anybody in that category? Like, really, we have enough, but yeah, a little more would be better, right? But we have enough, like, to not be anxious, but we are anyway. Now, others of us are truly scraping by and not making it financially. Now, sometimes we're not making it financially because we are doing things that, like, cost money and we could figure out how to budget. And sometimes we're not making things financially because we live in an unjust world that doesn't pay people fairly, right? And so uh, wherever you are in that, I, wanna, I do really want to put a plug in for this financial planning workshop. Whether you know you don't make enough money, but you want to at least try to get a hold of your finances, or, where, where, or if you know, I actually do make enough money, but I still don't have a hold of my finances. Um, Andrew is so great. I've known him for years. Um, he has been working with Keith and Janelle. They, I think they will sing his praises. And it's going to be a workshop that will really tell you like how to create a budget and not let it scare you. Is money scary for anybody? Okay. So y'all going to come October 29th? Okay. See, though, when we're rooted in our worth and our plan for finances, we can be in a position that allows us to be generous with other people. If we're scared about our worth and we're scared about our finances, then we're not going to engage in being with other people, right, in, in caring for other people. So Jesus, if you notice in the scripture passage, he says, first, you are worth it. You are worth it. And second, seek the kingdom of God. So when we are grounded in our worth as God's child, we then can have a vision for the kingdom of God. This kingdom of God that will turn the world upside down, right? Um, this, this vision, this kingdom of God that um, we can want and, and do and have, um, and it's not for ourselves, but it's for others. We can want everybody to get a fair wage, right? We can have passion for a vision that um, will leave nobody without food and clothing. And we can do things that will cause us to be generous to care, share with others, right? That's me turning around the want, have, and do thing. You get it? No. I feel like y'all are like, <laughs> did you run the marathon and come here or something? Because I feel everybody's like this out there. Let's try this again. Good morning, everyone. The only person I have is Seuss, who likes Anne Lamott. Everybody else is just staring at me. Just give me a little feedback every once in a while, guys, and let me know you're awake. So today we're having this four-part sermon series that is called Worth. I don't know if you saw the e-news. And what we're doing is examining our own worth with the idea that when we know our worth, we're able to share that with other people. And we're able to speak truth to other people that they are worthy as well. And we are able um, to be generous with who we are, seeking the kingdom of God. But we can only do it when we know our worth, when we are grounded in that worth. So a couple of months ago uh, at a staff retreat, Jarrell asked everybody their favorite gospel song. 
And I immediately knew what song it was. I could, like, I knew it, but I kept quiet. I didn't share. Um, the song that I'm, I'm going to share it with you in a little bit, it's a simple song. It's actually a song that I sang growing up in church. But, you know, good gospel music, you've got this, like, choir in the background singing, and then, like, sometimes the preacher or the singer is, like, talking over the singing, right? So that's, that's what touched me. We'll hear it in a minute. Um, when I heard this message, this song, it immediately washed over me in a particular moment in my life that, that, that changed me. Um, and I was able to see my own personal worth in God's eyes. Now, you know, pers- there's personal worth and there's, like, personal worth. There's, like, the personal worth, like, you tally up and you go on mint.com and you see how much you're worth. And if you're like me, it's, like, negative something or other, <laughs> Right? I'm not talking about that personal worth. I'm talking about the personal worth of of God seeing you, who you are, and loving you. Just because you are beautifully and fearfully made. So my last year of seminary, and the year after I graduated from seminary, were a really difficult time for me. I felt called to ministry, but I didn't know that I would be welcome in a church because of being gay. And so for me... It was, it was really hard to separate God and church. They were so deeply connected. And so because the church wasn't welcoming to me, I was having a hard time seeing God as loving me, right? Anybody ever feel that way? Maybe not about being gay, but about anything? Yeah. So I struggled to find my value and worth in the eyes of the church and in the eyes of God. Now, I continued to worship every Sunday. I went to the university worship at Emory University. My favorite Sunday was the first Sunday of the month because the Voices of Inner Strength, which was the, um, the university gospel choir, always sang on the first Sunday of the month. And I was super attracted to gospel music, partly because I didn't grow up that way. I, I grew up in a church where the organist um, played songs, and it sounded more like a funeral dirge than any sort of celebration. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Uh, so gospel music was alive and joyful, and um, I had reflected in, in my black church studies class about how the gospel music in, in the church is a voice of joy and resilience in the midst of uh, people who have been told by society that black lives don't matter, right? So gospel music was this ability to listen to people who knew their lives matter, who knew that God had named them and claimed them and they had worth. Gospel music, it is simultaneously a music of lament for injustice and hurt in this world, while also speaking to this like inner joy and vision of God's preferred uh, future. Do y'all like, do y'all like gospel music? Yeah, man, that's so good. And so I was drawn into this complex worship experience and decided that I wanted to listen to more gospel music to kind of pull me out of this slump that I was in. So I went to a friend, and I was like, okay, Gospel 101, what, what CD should I buy? Because it was back in the days when there were CDs. Um, and she said, you know, get a compilation, like, wow, gospel or something, and make sure Kirk Franklin's on it, make sure one of the Winans family's on it, you'll be good. And I was like, okay. So I went to Best Buy. Do they even sell CDs anymore? Okay. 
so I went to Best Buy and I bought a CD called Gotta Have Gospel. And I listened to it over and over again and it was awesome to sing the music. You know, you put it on in your car and you're just like singing loud. Anybody do that? Just me? Okay. Um, it was great. And then this is how the Spirit of God works. You listen to a song all the time and you think it's great. Or you say a prayer that you've been saying your whole life, like maybe the Lord's Prayer or something. Or you read a scripture passage and you've studied it from all of the angles and you know all the history of it and yada, yada, yada. And then one day, you hear that song again or you read that scripture passage again or you say that prayer again and it just washes over you. You know what I'm talking about? Just washes over you. And maybe your eyes well up with tears. Maybe um, your heart begins to race more than normal. And you know that you are sitting in the presence of God. And you know that you have worth. Have you ever been there? And you know that God has always been with you in that moment, but, but it, it, you feel God palpably in that moment, guiding and loving you into the wholeness that you so desperately yearn for. So there I was, heartbroken for myself, not finding any worth in my you know, $7 an hour job at Starbucks, feeling worthless before God and the church. And I listened to this song. It's just called Give Thanks. But it was T.D. Jake singing and, and speaking into, into me that um, stirred up in me and reminded me of my worth. So you guys want to listen to the song? Okay. T.D. Jake's not without controversy. <laughs> He's very much into prosperity gospel, which I would say I vehemently disagree with him in. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't use him. And that doesn't mean that he did not speak truth into my life when I needed to hear it the most. And I'll, con I'll confess to you that, ooh, I still own that CD. And uh, <laughs> on days that I am not feeling worth, I put that thing on and I listen to him. And I... And what gets me every time is when he says, you are a child of a king. Because that's worth something. That's a lot. That's beloved. In a world where our identity does often come from what we want or, ha or have or do, you know, in that moment there I was sitting in my apartment with nothing to show for myself, and, and that child of a king line just washed over me reminding me that my worth, it's a birthright. That's how a child of a king works, right? It's a birthright. There's nothing you have to do or say or be. It's a birthright. And it allowed me to see this vision of what God has for each of us, each of us being a child of a king. Now, the thing about being a child of a king, though, it's like all good and special, but it also comes with a lot of responsibility. And this is that part about seeking the kingdom that Jesus is talking about. 
We don't just get to sit around and be comfortable. Oh, I'm loved. It's all good. We have to spread that message and make sure that everybody else knows that they have worth too. So our scripture invitation um, today is to put our life in the hands of God, our worth, our value, and trust that it will be okay. To have confidence in our own worth and to see the worth in other people. But y'all, this is a journey, and where you are right now today is not where you will be five years from now. It's not even going to be where you are five, uh, five months from now. It's a journey, right? I uh, reconnected with my friend Tom recently, the guy that wanted to make lots of money. And guess what? He made a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, a couple of years ago, he was in my hometown at a restaurant. And I don't know if they had like a give a book, leave a book sort of deal going on. But he uh, saw this book that was called The Complete Guide to Money. And since he wanted to make a lot of money, he thought that that would actually be a really great book. So he picked it up and he read it. But it was sort of like a bait and switch or a clickbait thing, I don't know, because it's actually a book written by a guy named Dave Ramsey, who's all about like finding financial peace and stability in your life. And so here he picked up this book that he thought was going to be about how to make lots of money. And then it ended up being this book about like how to not have anxiety with your money. And he read it and he was like, honey, to his wife, Becky, you've got to read this book. And so she read the book, and they said it just like turned their world upside down. Turned their world upside down, and, and it reoriented them to this new vision, this new way of living a life free of anxiety with their finances. Because here's the deal, they had made lots of money, but they were still always really worried about their money. It sort of feeds itself, right? And so they read this book, it changed their life, and you know what else? They couldn't keep it to themselves. They started teaching Financial Peace University at their church a couple of years ago. Tom is still teaching it because they had to share that with others, right? Do you see how like, we can't keep it to ourselves? It, it becomes sharing with others. Knowing our worth, it compels us into this world of helping other people find their worth. It compels us to build the kingdom of God, to seek the kingdom of God. So I had lunch with Becky recently, and she said, you know what, we're on a budget, which really stinks, but we're not anxious about money anymore. And that's amazing. And we know that God is present in our lives and that the money we have, it's God's anyway, so it's fine. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. I mean, come on. Aren't we worth more than birds and lilies? I don't know where you all are today in your journey of um, anxiety and um, understanding your own worth. I would imagine conflicted, right? Some days you know it, some days you don't. Some days you feel anxious, some days you don't. 
<laughs> some days you feel anxious, some days you're in denial <laughs> about feeling anxious. <laughs> I want to end today uh, with a video, and it's from Sesame Street. So y'all can look at me and be like, Brittany, I can't believe you're playing a children's video. Uh, but you know what? I'm playing this children's video because this message that Reverend Jesse Jackson Jr. is going to share on this, it's a message that we all need. And that if we truly believed it, we would be living in this world in fundamentally different, different ways. So we're going to end this sermon with a, like a call and response, okay? So he's going to say something, and then the kids are going to repeat after him and call it back, okay? And so I want you all to be like the kids and call it back, okay? So he'll say, I am, and then you'll say, I am. Okay, good, you're getting it. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, the quality is really bad, but that's okay. Just, you know, deal with it. This is, what, <laughs> this is what happened before HD, you know, this was probably videoed like in 1972, so.